Greetings. I am coming to you, my friends, and especially my Sunday school class, with sunshine. You saying, Kathy, Saginaw, Michigan, month of March, you have sunshine? No, not that kind. I have sunshine. It's our son, Clint, and I wanted you to meet him and see him this morning because any of you, and so many of you have, spent time with Clint. And you know, when you're with Clint, everything gets lighter and brighter because he truly is sunshine. But I have Clint beside me on this session because there's something Clint always tells me to do and I wanted you to hear it. I wanted you to hear how he tells me this. So let me give you some background so you understand what he's going to tell me. Two years ago, we had a Four Seasons room built on. I love this room. This is, I've labeled it, it's my garden room, and it's my happy spot, and I love going to my room. But at the beginning, I actually, you know, I feel guilty about spending so much time in my room. I think I need to go to my room, but I feel guilty. I don't want to feel guilty. So what I did, Clint and I were traveling home from church one day. He's in the front seat with me, and, and I turned to him and I said, Clint, I'm going to tell you something, and then I want you to, I want you to um, say something back to me. And so I said, Clint, tell me. And then Clint at that point was going to say, tell you what, Mom? And I said, tell me, Mother, go to your room. And so we practiced it. We lived 10 or 12 minutes from the church, and all the way home, I'd say, Clint, tell me. Yeah. Um. Um, 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 mother, mother, go to your room. Go to your room. And so by the time, so I said, okay, he, he got it. We drove into the driveway. We stepped into the house. We washed our hands because you know what? That's, that's how the children have always been reared and patterned. We are a very social family. I'm a hugger. We do a lot of handshaking. And so this was nothing new. The first thing we do when we go in, into the house is we all wash our hands. So Clint washed his hands. He, he stood back out. Yeah. And he said, he came back out and I looked at him. I said, Clint, tell me, tell me. And Clint, what did you say? Um, 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 mother, mother, go to your room. Mother, go to your room. Tell, tell, tell people again how you say it. I just love hearing you say it. Okay. Um, 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 mother, go to your room. And so I said, yeah, I guess I better. I mean, you heard the authority in which he said, mother, go to your room. No more guilt. Have to go to my room. Clint told me to go to my room. And now Clint's going to go do his jobs. But I'm going to talk to you a little bit more. I'm going to end up telling you something else about Clint at the end of this session. And I think this is going to be another two-parter. So thank you, pal. All right. Well, of course, then I, I went to my room. You know, mother, go to your room. Well, friends, as we have stepped into March... The coronavirus has said, go to your room, go to your room. There's something I need to remember as I've been sent to my room. Parents, do you remember sending your children to, the room, to their room? You know, We sent them to their room because they had forgotten something. They'd forgotten how to be kind or they'd forgotten how to respond correctly. They'd, they needed to remember something they had forgotten. When I was little... We got sent to our room, and that room was the basement. And that was where green paper on a great big roll 
uh, was capped and we would have to write verses in that room, which was the basement. And my mom always matched the verse to the offense. So, you know, 10 times, 15 times, 25, depending upon the severity of how naughty I was, I was writing, be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you, or a soft answer turneth away wrath. Um, Mom had a, she had a bunch of wonderful verses in which she was getting God's word into our hearts and heads because we'd been sent to our room. We needed to remember something that we had forgotten. Uh, Teacher, do you remember sending that student to the office? You know, back back when you used to teach? (laughs) But why? Because they had forgotten something and they needed to remember. Well, we've been sent to our room because the coronavirus has said, go to your room. Have you ever been locked in a room? There's a fun craze that's been very popular. Um, It's called the escape room. And it's so much fun. And girls, when we get out of this room, when we get out of this room that we've been sent to, all those, all those enjoyable, fun things. We're looking forward to them. We're going to do them again. The ladies' retreat at Kobiak has been canceled, and I'm so sad about that, but it's, it's a fact of life and the fact that we've been sent to our room and there's not going to be a ladies' retreat. But for the last couple years, Tina has um, taken a whole cabin and turned it into an escape room. And it's so much fun because you're in these groups and you're under a time restraint because you only have a certain amount of time to find the clues and then figure out the clues. And doing so, you're allowed to escape. Well, I always make sure I go in with a group that is very young and very smart. You know why? I don't want to get trapped in that room. I don't want to get stuck in that room. I I want to escape with them. My daughter, Trina... Uh, who teaches high school in our school, and she's also the sweetie that is facilitating this happening. Thank you, Maitrina. Um, she did a chocolate mystery night with teenage girls. And um, every person, every every teenage girl had to come dressed as a person out of the Clue game, the game of Clue. Trina was dressed in costume. She was Miss Peacock. And she had on a glorious blue wig and a feather boa. And, and uh, throughout the whole night, the teams would step into dark rooms lit only by candlelight. And they had clues in those rooms to reveal who was the victim and who was the culprit and what was the solution. Now, here's the application that I want you to get from this. The application we need to understand is this. Our feelings are clues to reveal who I am, and they should take me to the solution, to God's solution. But often, our feelings keep us stuck in these locked rooms, these dark rooms. We don't act toward the solution. We act on the feelings. We feed the feelings. And because our feelings are so popular, powerful and, and because we're so used to living subject to our feelings. And that's that's all you hear from, from the world, you know, follow your heart. <sighs> Do you know what God's word says about my heart? It's deceitful. It's desperately wicked. And the world says, well, if it feels right, it, it must be. It's, it's okay. 
feelings. Oh, please. As I follow my feelings, it takes me to a darker, more imprisoned spot. And God says, don't stay stuck there, child. So what do I do? My feelings are meant to take me to God's solution. For instance, I walk into the room of revenge. My feelings led me there, and I pick up a weapon. It's not a knife. Something sharper. It's my tongue. God's word says in Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. You see, as a child of God, I have a choice of what to do with my feelings. I have a choice. Before Christ, there was no choice. I just lived enslaved to sinful sinful flesh. I, I had no say whatsoever. I just followed my feelings. But now in Christ, he says, Kathy, I've got a, I've got a great solution. It's going to start out with your feelings. They're going to take you to a room. They're going to lock you in. I can't wait to show you what happens. So the feelings, I've got a clue. I'm in this room of revenge. God has a solution. Matter of fact, Hebrews 4.15, it talks about Jesus being my high priest who was touched with every feeling of my infirmities. But often, and if I refuse to learn God's way, if I refuse to submit my heart to David's prayer. We had a series on this girls in Sunday school. David's beautiful prayer of, teach me thy way, O Lord. I will, it's a choice, walk in thy truth. Unite my heart. Unite my heart. See, God, it's always, that, that, is, that is what God wants to deal with. He wants to deal with my heart. He wants to fill my heart with his love and his ways and his wisdom. But if my heart is only filled with my feelings, I'm going to stay locked in a room. Often with revenge, the room of revenge, you know, we walk in that room following our feelings and we're not interested in God's solution. We just want satisfaction. I can run into so many different rooms. I can run into the rooms of, of pleasure. I can addict myself to anything and everything. It's so easy to do. All I have to do is follow my feelings or my friends, my friends. And so sadly, we find the truth that there's a way that seemeth right, God's word says. You know, it seemed right at the beginning. It didn't seem like it's such a big deal. And all my friends were talking me into it. All my friends were involved in it, and everybody's doing this. God's his child. Check my word. Check my solution. Check your faith. And follow your faith. That scripture verse in Proverbs, it's, um, there is a way that seemeth right, but the end thereof is the way of death. Here's the room of self-pity. Self-pity. Somebody plastered all over social media <laughs> their spin, their opinion, their fake news. And my feelings are hurt. And it's just so natural for me to feed my feelings and then to find friends that'll help feed my feelings too as I relate to them all of my feelings and we talk about it. And God says, child, I've got a way for you to leave this room. You've got to follow my way. Every broken thing from a relationship to, a, to anything that breaks in this life, from my health to my finances to, to people, God has a beautiful solution where he wants to work and show you, show you what he can do.
And I find it when I've been sent to my room and I say, Lord, I need your solution. The self-pity room. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's something that we walk into this room and we say, ah, all right, no one's ever going to hurt me again. And, and we stay locked in this room. So when something or someone sends you to your room, understand your feelings are clues that are meant to take you and me to a solution. And the first choice I need to make when I find myself locked in a room in which I feel there's no way out and I don't understand why I'm here and how did I get here or I know why I'm here. Maybe I put myself in there. Then there's all the feelings of guilt. Guilt is a horrible, horrible thing to live with. God says, I'll help you find your way out. That's why I'm come. I'm come that you might find life and life more abundantly. So number one, choose not to follow your feelings. But please, as a footnote, identify your feelings. Don't cover them up. Don't sweep them under the rug. Don't relabel them. Don't put a spin on them. Identify your feelings. Say, Lord, I, I feel this. And God says, I've got a solution for this. But don't follow your feelings. You know, I, I love David in his writing of Psalms. He prayed his feelings. That's going to be step number two after you identify your feelings. The next step is to pray. Pray immediately. And what we tend to do when, when we're caught, when we're stuck, when we're locked in a dark room is we pray the feeling all right. David did. You know what David said when he, when he got locked into those, those rooms of panic, those rooms of fear, those rooms of anger? He'd say things about his enemies like, just kill him, Lord. <laughs> just get rid of him. He, he would voice that in a prayer. But dear David, who had the, the heart for God, then always came back. You keep reading in that chapter and you see how God speaks to him and he always comes back to God's solution. So I'm going to give you that beautiful solution in our next segment that's coming up next. So while you wait for just a couple minutes, um, go to your room. You're going to find just what you need. And I can't wait. Go to your room. This is part two, and this is the best part because this is the solution because we've all been sent to our room. So being sent to your room, the first thing was to recognize the feelings that we follow into the room we've been sent to are meant to take me to a solution. The first way of finding my way out of a locked room is to, is to realize I can't follow my feelings. Identify my feelings. Don't sweep them under a rug. Don't relabel them. Um, but don't follow them. Follow my faith. Now, what is my faith? My faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. When life sends me to a room, my feelings are very evident. They're either going to be feelings of fear or anger or um, doubt. I just, just We are very in tune to our feelings. They're not wrong. It's wrong if I follow my feelings. It's wrong if I feed those feelings because they're going to take me to a darker, more trapped room. And God says, child, there's something I, I need you to remember in this room. I want you to follow your faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In my word, I have the solution to what you need. So number one, don't follow your feelings. Do follow your faith. I love 1 Corinthians 10, 13. God's word says, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is what? You know what it is. You know who he is. What is he? He's faithful. 
And that verse ends with, and will with the temptation provide, ready? A way to escape. I don't have to stay stuck in this room. I don't have to stay, I don't have to stay serving these feelings that are just overwhelming me. There's a way out. Jesus described as the way. So these clues should take me to finding God's solution. One of the strongest feelings on planet Earth is mama bear anger. I wanted you to see Clint because I wanted to end with this illustration. Clint was about 14 years old. He was a young teenager, and we were bowling. We were at the bowling alley. The place was deserted except for another group of teens two lanes down. It was a group of you know, 13, 14-year-old boys and girls together, and Clint really noticed them. First of all, he noticed the girls. They were pretty girls, and he was looking at the girls, and, and Clint would get up to the line to throw his ball. He'd proudly walk up there with his ball. He'd throw his arm back, get ready to, to throw the bowling ball down the aisle, and just before he did, he would turn, and he'd look at them to see if they were watching him, and then you know, he'd smile at them. He'd raise his eyebrows at them, and then he'd throw the ball, and it'd go into the gutter. Well, these boys down there, now they're just regular guys. They're just regular guys. They didn't know, they didn't know any better. But they started laughing at Clint. And then they started mocking Clint as they started teasing the girls that Clint was looking at them and smiling at them. There's one particular boy who was really mean in his mockery of Clint. Now, I was standing where they didn't, they couldn't see me. I was back where the food was, you know, because I'm a foodie. And I was back there eating my popcorn, watching all of this that was going on. And I'm, I'm thinking, as it got a little bit more overt, my, my fear, my heart was, Clint's going to get it. Clint's going to see them making fun. And then I went from fear of that to just angry. Oh, how how dare they? What? Are you kidding me? All of a sudden, Mama Bear anger filled my heart. It was a it was a condition of you know what? Kathy's going grizzly. Now, the point is not my pain. The point is not is not Clint, because every single one of you who are listening to this have experienced this very same issue in some other shape or form. You know what it feels like. You you have experienced it. You have walked it. And what I'm sharing with you is, and we will continue. It's going to happen over and over again. It, this is life. life. Life is unfair, and God uses these beautiful, unfair opportunities to help us see what we don't naturally see. When I was seeing those boys, that's all I was seeing. And you know, due to disciplines of God's grace, we can learn his way. And I've I began to understand decades ago that, Kathy, if you follow your feelings, you're going to stay locked in a room for life. It's not going to be a good room. God has a solution. So I have the choice of seeing those boys the way my heart, which is filled with anger, sees them, or I have a choice to see them as God sees them. I can either choose to feed my feelings I can even relabel it. I can call it righteous indignation. I can walk down there and I can say to those boys, oh, come on, you guys. It was born that way. What's your excuse, you know? 
I could, I could, I could teach them. I, I could, I could wrap it up with a spiritual bow and say, these, these boys need to be taught. I could stop and pray and say, God, what's your solution? Learning to stop right then when those feelings, don't follow your feelings, don't feed your feelings, follow your faith. What is my faith? My faith is the word of God. My faith is made sight when I follow the word of God. So immediately I stopped and I prayed and I said, Father, give me your solution. Well, there's some other responses that I do want to cover before I go into the beautiful solution. There's denial, not dealing with the unpleasant. Every day we deal with stuff that's unpleasant. Deal with it. Deal with it with God's solution. Don't sweep it under the rug. Don't ignore it. Don't put a spin on it. Sweeping wrongs under the rug. You know, you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of those old sci-fi movies where, you know, they boxed up the alien. And then when nobody was looking, it oozed out from underneath. <laughs> it always oozes out. And usually it takes on faces and manifestations in my life that are even worse than the beginning. So deal with it. Don't cover it up. You know, there's a great temptation Um Especially with Clint, because he loves food. He's his mother's son. I'm a, I'm a foodie. I, I, I truly believe that food is one of my love languages, you know. And it's, it'd be so easy for me to say, Clint, you want some popcorn with mom? Clint, I could divert him, you know. I could say, Clint, let's go get some donuts, you know. And we, we cover up with so many, so many escapes that are not an escape. It only, it only makes things worse. Um, you know, it's where all the cover-ups of the world have come. I will choose to cover it up. My life is hard or my life is unfair or, or this is really sad. And so I'll, I'll cover it up with alcohol or I'll cover it up with drugs or pornography. I'll circumvent God's solution and I'll become enslaved to something that is so easy. It's so easy because all I have to do is follow my feelings or follow what everybody else is doing. Here's God's solution. Here we go. I can't wait to give it to you because I'm going to give you the rest of the story. First of all, what happened at the bowling alley? The mockery became really um, apparent. And immediately I prayed and I said, Lord, do you see them? Do you see them mocking Clint? That was my mother's heart. And as soon as you open your heart to the Lord, he answers. There's not a prayer I've ever prayed in my heart with my heart that is pleading for God's way in which God is not right there. And because he's given us the gift of his spirit and his spirit lives inside. His spirit is uh, one of the labels, one of the names of God's spirit is paraclete. He's my helper. And as soon as I said, Dear Lord, you see them mocking Clint. Immediately, my next thought was, It was as if the Holy Spirit impressed upon me the truth of what Jesus, my high priest, felt. Jesus says, yeah, I see it. But more importantly, child, I feel it. I felt it. I went, I went through every feeling of your infirmities so I could be with you when you walk through them because I've got your, I've got your solution. This is what I want you to do because I know how badly it hurts. Love Hebrews 4.15, our high priest. So I took a deep breath and I looked at my son, Clint, and I said, Hey, pal, let's go get a Coke. Because I knew walking down 
to go get our Coke would take us right to those kids. And I walked toward that group of kids and I smiled at them. I said, hey, hi. I said, this is my son, Clint. And Clint was watching you, Bull. Well, first of all, he was watching you girls because he always notices pretty girls. Then he was watching you, Bull. You know, every time he throws the ball, it goes into the gutter. But he saw how you bowled and pins actually fell down. <laughs> would you show Clint how you bowl? And I was particularly targeting the one young man who had been really mean about mocking Clint, you know, making fun of him. He looked at me and he looked at Clint. He said, yeah, oh, uh, Clint, right? Clint? Clint said, yeah, my name's Clint. He says, well, Clint, this is, how, this is how you hold your bowling ball. This is where you put your fingers, okay? This is where you put your fingers. And now, and now just as a footnote, okay, I had showed Clint over and over and over where to put his fingers in his bowling ball. But to a 15-year-old boy, you know, I'm chopped liver. I'm mom. But to another 15-year-old boy, listens. And that 15-year-old boy helped Clint put his hand in, into his bowling ball. And then another young man got on the other side of Clint. And he said, Clint, I'm, we're going to walk with you down this approach. And when I say, let go, you let it go. And so Clint's all excited and the boys are excited and they're on either side of him and they walk down in tandem down that approach and Clint pulls his arm back and with that other young man helping him pull his arm back and then he throws it forward and the one young guy says, let it go, Clint, let it go. And the ball began to roll and it rolled and we all leaned with the ball as it went this way and then we all leaned with the ball as it slowly went down the lane this way and it got to the end of that lane and it hit pins and pins started falling down and another pin hit another pin. I just knew there were guardian angels up there kicking those pins down and everybody cheered and everybody clapped and everybody gave each other high fives and Clint won them over beautifully. And we invited them to our youth group. We told them about our youth pastor. We told them about our church. Of course, we had tracks there. We said, well, we're just down the street. Come and visit us. And we told them about how God loves them. And then we walked down and we got our Coke. The point of it is this. Those dear kids could not see what they truly needed to see until I saw them as God sees them. And God sees them as opportunity and says, child, this is your given opportunity. The whole point of being locked in a room, following our feelings because something's unfair or not right or confusing or fearful, label your feelings. Don't feed them. Stop and pray. Follow your faith. Right now, life has sent us to a room. Oh, by the way, before those kids left the bowling alley, do you know what they did? They came down to where we were bowling just to say goodbye to Clint. Amen. That's God doing what only God can do. When I choose to follow my faith instead of follow my feeling when life puts me in a locked room. So this is the last way I want to describe this. I wish I could give you your cookie, your Sunday school cookie that always portrays the truth we're talking about, because this is what it would be shaped as. Turn your Bibles to John 10, 9, and this is how Jesus is described. Ready? Jesus says, I am the door. The door. If any man, I am the door. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out 
and find pasture. That's rest and contentment. I don't have to stay in this locked room. Jesus says, I'm the door. I'm the door. I get to go in and out. I get to find rest and pasture. Now, dear friends, we're in this coronavirus room and we'll get out. But very quickly, life is just going to shove us into another room. Don't fear it. Follow your faith. Label your feelings when you get in there. They're the clues that tell you God has a solution. Don't live under your feelings. Follow your faith. And then as you feed your faith, understand that God will accomplish that which only he can do. John 14, 27. Here's the verse I'm going to leave with you. Peace I leave with you. Peace my I give unto you. Not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. You have to fear those locked rooms. Why? Jesus is the door. He says, come on. Come on through. I'll set you free. I'm not going to say goodbye. My dear daughter Tina said, Mama, I'm not saying bye anymore. I'm just saying see you soon. So that's what I'm going to say to you. I'll see you soon.